Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Hello, Mayor. Hi, Jan. How's it going today? Pretty good. What about you? <sighs> Another weekend where I tried to cram so many things in. Uh, what are we trying to do? Well, I'm going to be out of town for a while. And I was just trying to get like all the aspects of my life together. Dry cleaning, vacuuming, getting my oil changed, which was a whole adventure. You know, just the little everyday stuff that if you don't travel for a living, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But if you spend a lot of time on the road like I do, it it all builds up. All the things. All, all the things. That, that would have probably been a good second title for this podcast. All the things that we have to do. And then you add on the caregiving things that you have to do. And it can seem really big. Yeah, it magnifies the rest of just everyday life. It does. Well, it's a big deal when you're taking care of somebody else. You have a lot of responsibilities. You have a lot of life responsibilities for yourself, for your own self. And then you have them for somebody else. And it's a pretty big deal. It feels like sometimes I do put myself in the backseat when it comes to taking care of myself, taking care of my car, you know, all those, all those things. I, I take care of my care recipient or my family first. I think a lot of people listening to this would agree with that. I think a lot of us who are caregivers do that. And even if we're not caregivers, just a lot of us who are, you know, just family members, but we have the bigger responsibility, um, and the family can, you know, can feel like we do, we put all of that before us. I had a discussion with some caregivers the past few hours about families and caregiving and how it does often seem like one person is thrust into or gravitates to the pole position mm-hmm. of caregiving and sometimes does it all and sometimes does it, does most of it sometimes does it and gets negative feedback from the other people who aren't really doing it. Mm-hmm. I, that's not been my experience, but I am, I am the person that, that does the caregiving in my family for multiple, multiple generations I have for years and years. And um, I understand why the other people in my family haven't, it doesn't make it any easier. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so one of the things I thought we would talk about, or maybe the only thing we'll talk about today is self care. And I have, I have some ideas about self-care. Like, I feel like there's self-care and then there's self-care. So there's self-care is health care. It and, is. And there's self-care that is, are the things that we just really want to do that are really good for us that have nothing to do with getting our eyes checked, going to the doctor, doing those kinds of important things for our health. Yes, because I think the first thing that goes when you have to prioritize when you're taking care of someone else is leisure activities and hobbies and those things. I was thinking about that, how easy it used to be for me to sign up for um, a pottery class when I was 20. I, I learned how to throw clay and I signed up for it. I'd never done it before. I went two nights a week for however many weeks and it was a lovely a lovely activity that I participated in and not something I could see myself doing now at all. And I didn't even hesitate to do it then. Oh, but I've seen you throw, throw clay and I think you do a really great job. (laughs) Thank you. I probably, it had been 25 years since I had thrown clay when, when you saw me do it at a, in an art retreat and it came right back to me, but it also reminded me, gosh, there were things that I tried when I was young that I love to do and pastimes that I've let go by the wayside that I need to get back into. For me, one of those is writing. 
and podcasting, even if it's about a subject that is caregiving. So those are your like leisure type of activities that you like to do. Yes, very much. I do also um, for my self-care, which is what anybody does with leisure activities, really your self-care for anybody, whether they're a caregiver or not. Um, I very much enjoy reading and playing playing video games, which sounds kind of funny, but I do. And I like to, I like festivals and those kinds of activities. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So like, it's kind of like you like having um, your weekends sometimes a little free where you can go do those kinds of things like going to uh, festivals and, and playing video games. Like you can't yeah. do that at like Monday at noontime. <laughs> no, I can't. That's my free range weekends are the best. Oh, what a great term. Free range weekends. <laughs> You don't get them very often, and I don't get them very often, but when I do, boy, I just soak it all in, sleep in, go have brunch, uh, maybe hit up a festival, which for me, that's just such an indulgence because my care recipient is not into the social aspect Mm -hmm. of a festival, but I love it. I love being around all those people, Not, not necessarily having to interact with very many people, but just people watching and that kind of thing. And then maybe you don't take him with you. Is that correct? Right. Well, that's, that's where your self care comes in. You take off, you go by yourself. Um, and you, you know, whether it's a festival or a movie or whatever it is that you're doing out in public that he's not necessarily comfortable with, it doesn't really matter because you're doing it by yourself. Maybe that's really what the essence of self-care is, is, is doing things that are the essence of who we are, like our singleness as a person. Yeah, like making a choice to do something just mm-hmm. because I want to do it. So for me, bowling is a great example. Um, went bowling the other night. My, my brother went along with me. He wasn't into it. He tried it. He tried it for a game. He has some trouble with his hands and his grip. And so for him, it feels more like physical therapy than a recreational activity. And it was late and we had a long day. And so he Ubered home and I stayed and bowled, bowled a couple more games with some friends. And you know what? I didn't feel bad about it. I really didn't. No, and you shouldn't feel bad about it. Um, so we, we do... Um... When I have self-care recently, it's to take a walk in the morning, but I like to go by myself. So one of my neighbors had said to me, well, couldn't Tom go with you mm-hmm. in his wheelchair? And I said, well, I mean, he could, like practically speaking, he could because he has a power wheelchair, but why would I want that? Right. And then we've heard the term respite and it took me a long time to figure out what respite is, but you know, then you wouldn't, it wouldn't be restful for you and you wouldn't have respite. He wouldn't have it either. I mean, he needs a little time away from you too. Exactly. So that's, so that's what we do. So for me, I think, um, healthcare, self-care is, works for me in two parts in healthcare, like hardcore healthcare. Like I go to the doctor, I get my physicals, and I think that's really important, self-care. But then I think, self, I think self-care also category of going out and losing my mind somewhere in some way. <laughs> that's right, losing your mind. That's what the free-range activities are all about, is just focusing on that fun. And then before you know it, you have let some of those worries go. Your mind and your body are busy doing other things, and they can't focus on what appointments you have next week or what um, medication you have to administer when you get home or how many, how many sugar points have we had today and what can I make for dinner that will accommodate my diabetic care recipient? You know, all those things are going through your mind, but when you get free range, can let go of them. You can. And, and I think then that also attributes to our, to good health care because it helps us to have a sound mind. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes it's sound body like if it's for some people like 
we know some of our uh, caregiver friends who they're long distance runners. And I, and though I used to be a long distance runner, so I, I understand what it does for them. That's what they do to go out of their mind. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh my gosh. So good. And I know many like you and myself who practice yoga and that's catching on in the last 10 years or so. I've heard so many caregivers, at least say they've tried it and it's so easy to consume all you need. You can use a towel and YouTube. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, so that's probably my um, huge piece of self-care for me as well during the week is, um, Two, I go to at least two sessions of what's called gentle meditation yoga. And I have friends that I meet there that we just, we don't really see each other too much outside of yoga. Um, and they're, they're older than I am. Um, but so it's nice though, because we get a little chat going and we check in on each other mm-hmm. and then we do our yoga and then we leave. I Not love that for you, Mayor. We have lunch. Um, and I didn't do it for a while because I, I was working at a job that was pretty demanding on my time and I put it on hold. So I couldn't really go for a while, but I, I was really, I was really missing it. I really like having the time with them. Well, and sometimes we get in the habit of, of not socializing. And so it's just easier. And, but then when you do it, you realize, oh my gosh, I've missed this. I've missed being around other people and having conversation and, (sighs) I don't know. I think it's really important. So, and I go for a walk in the morning, many mornings, um, take my camera so I can take some shots. That's the other self-care. I find bits and pieces of self-care throughout the week. I think it's really something that caregivers should strive for. Not that I'm prescribing this for everybody because who am I, but just one caregiver among millions. (laughs) (laughs) But I think every day, you can find a little piece of the day for yourself. And I say that because I've been there where my whole day is is involved with my care recipient in some way. And then there were times when it was my care recipient and my children and, and fairly, not young children, but like just preteens. And I I would get up early and have one cup of coffee. And I didn't know then that that was self-care because it was a long time ago and self-care wasn't part of our vernacular then but when I look back I think oh wow that was pretty cool that I thought to do that and that could mean as early as 4 30 5 o'clock in the morning to get up and have a cup of coffee in quiet and I would light a candle mm. so it would just be me a candle and I would have a little light to use for one of my books I think I was going to school back then so maybe I was doing some of my homework which may not seem like self-care to some people, but it was every bit of self-care for me. I loved being a student back then, college student. I also fin- I finished my degree after I became a caregiver, and it very much was a, a much-needed distraction for me. I did a lot of my homework in VA waiting rooms, and that probably sounds crazy, but I wasn't sitting there mm-hmm. getting angry about late appointments or worrying about my brother or getting anxious because I was worried about traffic. I was concentrating on my homework and that was really so good for me yes I could see that no I didn't I didn't have that same kind of experience because we weren't in we weren't in the VA then he wasn't sick from the VA I mean from his service (laughs) at that point we're sick of the VA right now (laughs) (laughs) we're kind of sick of the VA right now but but we were ebbs and flows ebbs and flows I know he was not uh, service connected back then. It was a different issue altogether. But um, I, so what I, so what I would do is be, I was in school and then I would say to the kids and to Tom, oh gosh, I have to go to the room now and go do my studying. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was my getaway. Well, now I say, oh gosh, I have to go and do my podcast. I put it on the calendar. I tell everybody two hours I'm doing the podcast and this is a little bit of self-care for me because it's, I love it. It's distracting where it's professional development. You and I are hopefully sharing some parts of our journey that will help others on theirs. And I I don't know about you, but I find it very rewarding when the listeners connect with us. I love that. 
give us feedback. And if you're listening to this and you haven't connected with us, you can find us on Facebook, This Caregiver Life. And I and one of the things um, that I really that I really like about this podcast and podcasting in general for you as self care. So again, I'm dictating what somebody else's self care is. <laughs> is um, but I'm just observing actually. Is your is that you even get into the whole technical part of it that I I do not really get into. I do. You, I enjoy that. It. that. it that's another distraction for me, for my mind to think about. Ooh, what? and I don't put in ten percent of what the possibilities are with producing these podcasts. That's one of my goals um, by the end of the year is to start doing more technical sound effects and cool fades and um interview more interviews and voicemails from listeners and all those kinds of things and and we'll get there it's fun for my mind to just wander and think about it and that's a big part of self-care too it you don't have to spend any money to practice Uh it no and actually we should say that about making podcasts the only investment that we have is our time yeah absolutely and well i free I think on that note, um, Anchor is free. And um, one of the benefits, though, of using Anchor is that you can potentially get sponsors for your podcast, which we now have. And so I think it's a good time for us to take a break. This is National uh, Read an Ebook Week. Wow, I didn't know that. And I happen to know a couple of people that produce this podcast <laughs> who have ebooks on Amazon. What do you got, Jen? What's your ebook? My ebook is, I actually have three, um, but the big one is Friends for Life, Strangers Brought Together by the War in Iraq, which I wrote with Patty Donahue, who is the mother of the medic in my brother's squad during his deployment to Iraq. And she and I used instant messages that we exchanged with our boys while they were deployed to um, build a framework of the book so that we could share with readers what a deployment was all about. And so whether you served, you love someone that, that did, or or you just want to know more about a deployment for someone who served after 9-11, uh, that's what Friends for Life is all about. It's a great book. If you're, if you're at all interested, you should check it out. It's a wonderful, wonderful, heartwarming, heart-wrenching story. It's everything. It's inspiring. Aww. It's very consumable. It's a easily a weekend read. Definitely, um, we like to say thirteen plus. You know, teenagers are curious, and uh, no one that age, people, children that age, have lived only during time of war, and so they're all too familiar with it from commercials and what they, you know, the NFL salute to service or their what they do at their school on Veterans Day. But this really gives an a inside look into the family dynamic. And so, um, yeah, so that's it. Friends for life. It was a, a beautiful thing that Mary, uh, that Patty and I did together about 10 years ago. And, um, I've also published an ebook of my, uh, my grandmother and I wrote some poetry together. And, um, that book is called reassurance, which are treasured Christian poems, over 50 of them. And, uh, I have a book called amateur apothecary, which is some little, do-it-yourself recipes if you you like to make your own furniture polish or your own bath salts that kind of thing Mm, that's cool yeah now tell me about your ebook yeah so i only have one ebook because my other book letters home is um not an ebook it should be an ebook and i'm hoping in the next couple of months i'm going to find some time to turn it into an ebook but right now it's not but pause at work is a service dog and her veteran is an ebook, um, and so that's about uh, my husband's service dog Maddie and and him and how they work together. And it has some great photographs in there of them doing their work together and what their days are like. So, if, so if anybody's curious about what the days are like with the service dog, that's a great read, real quick read, less than an it's, hour. It has five stars on Amazon. I mean. It's a pretty, it's very well received and anybody can read it. I know your, your daughter has read it to her class at school and mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite books to give to young children. Um, Maddie is a, a yellow Labrador retriever. Is that correct? She is. 
and she's gorgeous and she has her own personality in the book and she also has her own Facebook page Posit Work mm-hmm. and uh, the book is just it it isn't just for kids it's really for anybody but I found kids just love to see the pictures of of Maddie everywhere because in the book she goes all kinds of places she goes everywhere and uh, one of the things that people like about the book is that part of the book or I guess each page there's a portion of it that's uh, written in Maddie's voice so we can pretend what Maddie is thinking about when I looked up look up pause at work on Amazon the a lot of the other books that come up are Paw Patrol which are working dogs Paw Patrol is a cartoon about dogs who have jobs you know one of them works at the fire station he's a Dalmatian and there's a a Malinois like police dog and all the things and I think that's so cute because kids, you know, see these dogs in the cartoons, but they can see Maddie in real life. Mm-hmm. That's right. So they're not, it's not, she's not a cartoon character. Though sometimes it seems like she is. <laughs> I really want her to write a sequel about her two little, her two little annoying sisters. Oh yeah. We should co-write that. She has two miniature dachshund sisters. <laughs> Mimi and Pinky. And they're quite the pair. They are. They're like two two little old ladies. I really don't think they could be service dog qualified. No, I think Pinky could be um, maybe not even, well, maybe a therapy dog, but not really. Like she would be a really good dog to have like in a nursing home because she would just like to sit on somebody's lap like all day long. That would be a good job for her. Yeah, it would be perfect. But she also she also has a lot of personality. She does a lot of jumping and running around. But if she can sit with a human being, that's her favorite thing to do. Aw, I love that. And Mimi, Mimi likes it too. But Mimi is a little um, more stubborn. So I guess we have some marching orders now. To the listeners are going to expect a sequel to Pause at Work. You could call it pause, pause at home. (laughs) Pause at home. Pause relaxed. I think that would be cool because people always ask us if Maddie ever has any fun. And I, you know, we have to say, well, part of, you know, working, being a service dog is fun for her. Yeah. So uh, my brother's service dog, he's a black uh, Labrador retriever. His name is Steel. And he very much likes to work when he sees his vest. He gets excited. He gets jumpy. Um, He's also just fine with his vest off being at home but he doesn't play necessarily I mean he does a little bit he has a few toys he mostly just likes to still kind of be on watch and that's just what he loves Mm -hmm. he doesn't really miss anything because he doesn't know anything any different I know, and they're in the working dog class, so they really like to work. It's That's fun for them is to work. Maddie does like playing ball, though, and we do talk about that in Pause at Work. Yes. We have some pictures of her playing ball, and she's a little older now, so she's, she doesn't play uh, quite with the same enthusiasm as she used to, but she still likes it. And, and I agree, even when she doesn't have her vest on, she's pretty on call for Tom. She's a secondary caregiver, or maybe sometimes I'm the secondary caregiver. It just depends on what the situation is. <laughs> but um, there are times when she looks at me like, what's the matter with you? You should be doing this for him. And you know what? That's another really good point about self-care for when you have a care recipient that if they have a service animal... You need a break from that too. Mm-hmm. You do. It's some we've lately go out because she is older. We late we lately will leave her home more than we used to. Um, well, yeah, I like that we do because it it gives us time together without Maddie being the center of attention, which Maddie or Tom neither one of them enjoy. But it no. happens. It, it seems as though people are compelled to talk to you when you have a service dog. Oh, my gosh. So much. Um, the We have we also we, we say that Steele is semi-retired. He's um, nearly nine. And so we, we he's had a couple of surgeries and we just 
give him more time off than he used to have. And it's, he doesn't want to stay at home alone. I can tell you that much. Well, how do, what do you do when he stays home? What is, how does James, um, what, does James leave him home alone when, when he goes out? Sometimes. Uh, sometimes he leaves them with me or my son, you know, a family member. Mm-hmm. Um, he has taken a couple of trips and not traveled with him if it's going to be extensive, like physical. He did a whitewater rafting trip in Moab, Utah, and, and you know, he didn't take the dog on that trip. Now, that would have been stressful for Steele and for James. Yeah. So he went to the the trainers for the weekend. It's kind of like, for Steele, that's kind of like going to his grandparents' house. Oh, that's good. He remembers them. He loves them. You know, that's where he spent two years of his life learning to be a service dog. So he let, he, go, he likes to go back. But there are times when, you're right, Steele would, Jamie, whitewater rafting is very strenuous. It can be dangerous. Steele would have been hypervigilant the whole time. Jamie would have been worried about Steele, you know, popping out of the raft and, so it wouldn't have been a benefit to take him. The, just like any piece of equipment, sometimes there's a benefit to using it and sometimes there isn't. Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. And I, I think we could do a future podcast on um, service dogs exclusively about them. We could um, we could talk a little more about paws at work. We could um, talk about what their training, what the training is like and how it is for us as their caregivers, as their receiving dogs, the ups and the downs. I don't think... Without being overly negative, I don't think people talk a lot about the negatives because they are wonderful to have, but they are a big responsibility and a bigger responsibility for us as the caregivers because it just adds to the list of things that we need to do. Yeah, let's definitely talk about that. Well, I will say having one in your family is a blessing. Oh, it is. It's because, you know, they are. They're just wonderful. I had a very bad day the other day and... um came in I had a huge disappointment with a VA decision for Tom Hmm. and I had to come in and share that information with him because I received a phone call out in the car and I came in and I cried and Maddie just as big as she is all 80 pounds of her just wanted to crawl into my lap so there's, there's that beautiful part about having a service dog for us as well So we'll definitely schedule that. And if you have questions about a service dog or you want to share an anecdote um, from your family, we'd love for you to send us a a voice memo or an email. We'd be happy to share that in the podcast. Yeah, that would be great. So let's let's circle back to some um, self-care tips and kind of wrap up here in, in that way. Then, I have one interesting thing. So lots of caregivers are trying self-care. It's a term we're hearing in our community more and more. And I know that some people are reluctant. And I know others are um, trying things out. I do embroidery to to pass the time in waiting rooms and when I travel. And I know another caregiver that recently tried it because she had seen me post about it. And I was so excited that she tried that. You really can't do much but concentrate on embroidery on on the thread or you'll you'll stick yourself with the needle. <laughs> but another caregiver has recently tried something called cryotherapy. What is that? Well, you know, caregiving is the stress and sometimes the physical, the lifting and all the all of the physical work can cause aches and pains. And cryotherapy is where you put yourself in this tub. I think it's dry ice. I'm not really sure how they blast you, but they they take you down to like negative 100 degrees. Oh. It, it's insanity. And you sort of move around in there for however long. And then it's supposed to relieve inflammation and all kinds of, have all kinds of benefits for muscle recovery if you are like training for a marathon. And I just want to know your thoughts on cryotherapy. <laughs> my personal <laughs> ones? So what's going through my mind as you're saying that is no way. <laughs> like I would get in a hot tub right now this second yeah. i would podcast from a hot tub absolutely i'm i'm right there with you i would absolutely do that but to be i wouldn't even go out and walk this morning because it was windy and 50 degrees <laughs> now that's not the who i used to be i'll i 
you know, for our listeners who are thinking, God, what a baby she is. Well, okay, so I used to run in like near blizzards when I lived in the Poconos in Pennsylvania in my 30s. And I I had all the right gear and I didn't care because when you run, you, you generate such a great heat. And I was out and away from my kids. They were really little and I wasn't a caregiver then. And I just was a whole different person than I am now. Now at 59 years old, I don't know. I don't really want to go out when it's windy and 50. 50 is okay, but add the wind. So going into a tub that's minus 100, I don't know. No way. Wouldn't get me to do it. <laughs> I don't get the value. So tell me, what did this caregiver think about it? She loves it. She's yeah. been back. She's not only going back, but is working on lowering the temperature. I believe she's at 148 degrees now. Oh. Negative 148 degrees. That sounds dangerous. It's it's a, it's a it's a real thing, Mayor. It's a real thing. Um, other caregivers I know there we haven't really talked about this, but some people define things as self care that are potentially unhealthy. Mm. Like what? Like you know, I drink my wine, or you, you know, you see what I'm saying here. Well, yeah, so, like, I'm not, I can't drink wine anymore. I can't drink alcohol at all. I seem to have a problem um, metabolizing it. I don't, I tend to not feel well. Like, I I get really sick on it, so I don't drink anymore. But, I mean, a glass of wine is okay, but I guess if you're, if you're relying on having drinks to alleviate the stress in your life, I think that's probably not a good idea. Yeah, I think you have to to look at your life as a whole and say, it's also not a good idea to do. There are a lot of unhealthy habits that you could file away as being self-care. Well, you know, I have three or four glasses of wine every night because that's my self-care. And I think that's, uh, we ha- we have to look at, is it healthy or, or, or not? What are the benefits to my health from this activity? Right. So I agree. So what are some of the, and a lot of, uh, some of the positive um, self-care there's so many of them and I don't even know all of them myself. I mean, a lot of people have different ideas on what self-care I would love to hear from our listeners, what self-care is, is for them. Definitely would love that. Um, one of the things that I do because I travel is a lot of times I have to do my self-care in hotel rooms. And so I have, um, you know, I'm a big fan of, of packing cubes. No, no. Yes. It's like having drawers inside of your suitcase. Oh, cool. So not only you pack them at home and then you can literally take these cubes out of your suitcase and put them in a hotel drawer. Your stuff doesn't have to touch the drawer, but also your shirts are in one cube, your pants are in another, everything stays organized. Whatever you don't wear stays in there. You know what's clean when you get home. Um, but one of my cubes, I, I get them from BagSmart, and and I'll give you a link. You can we can post uh, on our Facebook page. But um, one of my cubes has bath bath bomb. It's got some some of those two dollar face masks. I oh, have, wow. um, little essential oil. I have a teeny tiny diffuser. Um, and I have a it's like a buckwheat mask. That you can either make cold, you can put it in a hotel refrigerator, or you can put it in a microwave, or you can get it, put it in hot water. Um, and I also have a, uh, a heating pad. So I have a little, I have a whole little spa experience when I travel in my hotel room. And it has become, it feels so indulgent. It's so easy to do. And it, I'm forcing myself to relax in a really, in a good setting, in a good, healthy setting. Well, that's wonderful. I would love to hear from some of our listeners if if they have kind of little self-care packages that they put together for themselves. That's like a package deal you put together for yourself. It's pretty inexpensive. It makes traveling less stressful. It gives you something to look forward to, something that you can feel good afterwards. And that's all the elements of self-care. It doesn't have to cost a fortune. It doesn't have to be a spa weekend away. It doesn't have to be a caregiver retreat where it's real busy and you're doing all these other things. And I'm not saying that they're bad and that you shouldn't do them, but 
a lot of times I hear people say, oh, I can't afford self-care. And I, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not buying that. I'm thinking you're not thinking, you're not thinking enough about what it is you can do that would feel good for you, even if it's for a few minutes. Admittedly, you might feel you need more than a few minutes. And you probably do if you feel that way. But sometimes if that's all we can get, we have to give it to ourselves. Yes, 100%. You have to give that to yourself. Whatever it is, whatever's in your self-care go bag. We want to hear it. And we want to encourage you to try it. If you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't tried it, try it right now. Try it today. Try finding one thing. Like I make a rule about my first cup of coffee. It is a self-care rule. Nobody can talk to me when I'm having my first cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. No, I love nobody, nobody at all. I don't even text you until after I've had the first cup of coffee. And we text each other almost every single day in the morning, say good morning. And, <laughs> and I love that. We do that. Um, but I don't even do that until I've had one cup of coffee. It's my it sacred, a little bit like sacred ground. So that's self-care for me because I'm maintaining a very important relationship in my life. Mm-hmm. And... I care about you and want you to know that I'm thinking about you. And for me, that gives me a little bit of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I miss it when we don't do it. And <laughs> we might not talk to each other the whole rest of the day, but you start that day off on a, on a nice note. And I used to commute with some people to work before I left the classroom. And for the most part, it was a good experience. It wasn't always, but um, I got, I get used to seeing uh, one of my friends every morning and it, it's just nice that there are other people in your life, even if it's just, even if it is a text, it still feels good and personal. Yeah. So cha- I think you should chat. We should all challenge ourselves to do that one thing and let us know what it is for you. What's your one thing? And, you know, what we also wanted to touch base on was it's so another good self-care is planning a trip. Oh, yeah. Now is a really good time of year to start planning that summer trip. Now, one of the caregivers that I know whose husband is a veteran with ALS, and they have their children. I want to say they have two girls in their teens, but like early teens, but maybe not even, maybe one is just 13. And what, how old are they when they come out? Like, is it in, in like the cotillion? Is that like 15? 15, I think. Yeah. All right. So one just did that. And then I think the other one is a little younger. Well, she planned um, the caregiver, Lisa. I should ask her if she'll want to come on for uh, the next podcast. I think I'll do that because she's very, she's really a good speaker. Um, I've spoken to her on the phone a few times. She planned a podcast for them to, I mean, (laughs) a travel around the country. They travel around the country? They're going to travel around the country this summer in an RV. And she had to find all the things to accommodate her husband's needs who has ALS. For the RV. For the RV, yeah. That's that's dedication right there. I know. She loved doing it, though, because it's like their big thing. It's like the big, humongous bucket list happening this summer. So I'll ask her. I'll message her and see if um, she'd be interested in telling us about that on the podcast. Well, I think that would be insightful. I'm very curious to, to learn about that. My brother is interested in RV travel and... I'm I'm not against it. I think that would be rather fun for us. We are traveling. We are planning a trip right now. You know what? Where are you planning a trip for? Um, Vegas. Nice. When are yeah, you going? Um, we're going in late spring, and my brother and I are going to. Um, we're going to go see like a Rat Pack impersonator kind of thing group, oh. and we're going to hit the. Uh, Hit a couple buffets. I like the Wynn buffet myself. Uh, <laughs> he really likes the to see the lions at MGM, and we both enjoy the the water show at Bellagio. We neither of us have seen the Treasure Island pirate show, so we're going to take that in and just enjoy some sibling time. I'll still, I mean, you know, I'm always a caregiver, but I'm looking forward to just having a little downtime with him. Oh, that's great! I think that's going to be so much fun. Have some nice meals, dress mm-hmm. up a little bit, just mm-hmm. you know, pretend like we're famous. Mm-hmm. Well, you are famous. You're Jen. <laughs> You're Jen and Jamie. 
I did get another new bag, um, another bag smart bag, and it's changing my life, Mare. What did you get? Another what kind of bag? It's a bag smart bag. I don't even know what that means. I know that's just like the brand. It's where I got it from. I'll I'll send you a link. But but this is like a it's almost like a toiletries bag, uh-huh. but it's it's for like my traveling desk. It has a place for my iPad, a place for pens and pencils for it even has a special little pocket for SD card and it has these these um elastic pockets these bands with little pockets for all of your chargers nice it holds everything everything that i need for travel is in this thing and uh, and none of the cords are getting wrapped around each other i'm like i'm i'm profiling in this thing wow that's pretty amazing yeah why let's share that well, we could share that on uh, this Caregiver Life Facebook page. My brother has one, too, because you know, he, he has a lot of, he, he, he uses technology. Um, he uses an iPad. He has an iPhone. He, he does all the things. And sometimes he's using them to do a task that you and I wouldn't, wouldn't you use it for. So he has like talk to text is big for him. And he also uses it to help. He uses Apple pay because sometimes it's hard for him to get his wallet out and he calculates tips and not, that's not something he just can do in his head. He can get his own Uber, all the things, Mm -hmm. stay in touch with his friends. So, so he got one too. So we're having, we have matching travel bags. (laughs) You guys are going to be like the hottest travelers on the planet. I know. It's so funny. Somebody, uh, every once in a while, people refer to us as brother and sister. Well, you do <laughs> look as, like brother and sister. I mean, huh? we are brother and sister. They yeah. refer to us as um, husband and wife. Like oh, they couple. do? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and you should see his face when that happens. It's hilarious. And then I have to say, oh, actually, this is my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, because I'm 13 years older than him, and that was a really big compliment. <laughs> uh. So, um, so I'm planning that trip. Um, one of the things, because, um, he spends time in, in two States. Uh, one of the things that has been a real challenge for us is regular healthcare for him that he gets from the VA. Um, sometimes he needs medication administered and things of that nature. And so I have recently learned about how veterans who travel do that. Oh, it's a, it's a little bit difficult, but there is a directive for veterans who travel. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, everybody should know this, but if they don't, veterans can, who receive their healthcare from the VA can go to any emergency room, a civilian or emergency room, if they have an emergency. And, but I, I wasn't really aware of the policy. So if you know that you're going to be, let's say in Jacksonville, Florida for two weeks and during that two weeks, you know, you're going to need an injection or you're going to need some other kind of medical treatment that's planned. What you do is you, you call your primary care doctor and you tell them that, and then they put in a referral to the clinic where you're going and then those folks call you and then they can set up an appointment and that sounds pretty straightforward even though it requires three phone calls but mayor i spent well all day one day this week working on that yeah that was really big now did you know the policy beforehand or did you learn it that day i learned it that day i had heard bits and pieces none of it i had really verified up until that point and then learned as I went along, but I started at eight o'clock in the morning around eight 15 and I made nine phone calls between eight 15 and 11 and then finally got, um, understood where we needed to go. And so we, we went to the clinic that we were, where we were traveling. We went to the clinic and then we've spent about three hours there. Well, that's hard to, it's hard to, did you know that they had a policy like that? Or did you, like, everything was just learned that day? Everything was learned that day. I didn't know that there was a directive, a VA directive, there was a policy. Um, And the, the primary, our primary care doctor at home, or where he received his care regularly, 
wasn't really well versed in it. It's a smaller clinic and they really weren't well versed in it. So we were exploring together. Now where we traveled to, that was a big clinic and they were well versed in it. And so they, they actually even had a handout mm-hmm. that listed all the steps and that was super helpful that they gave us that. I can take a picture of it and send it to you so you can share it if you like. And um, But it's good to know now that we can schedule those things in advance. You can also get something called bridge medication. So let's say you're traveling and you realize you're three days short of your blood pressure medicine. The VA can help provide that for you. But it does. it will take no less than three phone calls. Oh, and a lot of waiting usually. So it takes some planning. And I think that that's probably something that our caregiver listeners can relate to. Anything that we do takes planning. And, you know, a trip to the grocery store can take a lot of planning. A trip across the country can take a lot of planning. And when you travel with a veteran, you have to factor in those veteran policies, those VA policies, and then that takes time. So I, I always say it sounds really good, and we look pretty good when we get somewhere, but, man, it can take me hours to plan all of our travel. Yes. And I think it, if you let it, it can take away from some of your enjoyment. But if you know that you're going to have to plan, and you know you're, there's going to be waiting, then I think you can still find the joy in it. And I want to encourage people to, not just for your veteran, but for you, it's so important to do those normal, those normal things, get in a car, stay in a hotel or get in an RV, however you travel. I agree. And I think, so I think one way to look at it is um, if you do the planning up front, which you have to do, because unfortunately it caught you off guard the other day that there was a policy in place that you were going to have to make, as you said, a minimum of three phone calls with long waits on the phone and people not really knowing what it is you're even asking them because they're not familiar with the policy or they actually don't even really want to help you. We've we come into that with the VA on occasion where people just don't even want to help us or and the, they're the put really, on hold and then nobody ever comes back. And then we have to start all over again. And that's frustrating. That's but, what happened with the nine phone calls. I had to start all over again and all my brother needed was an injection and we had the vial of medication. So all we needed was the needle and the person that could do it. He's had a, a bad experience in the past. And so we, we prefer that a medical professional does it. And it took all day. It took eight hours by the time we were done together. And that was supposed to be a self-care day because having having Jamie come and visit you where you were was, was really important and something you were looking forward to. So it put a damper on your self-care experience. So even though it does take us more time to plan things out and do things ahead of time, and it seems like it could put a damper on your self-care, it, it really doesn't because you have to do all that planning weeks, weeks if not months in advance. And so by the time you actually have the experience, you've taken care of all the planning and it really can be self-care because all of that is behind you. It's when it catches you off guard that things can be, you know, that that's when it really can be such a problem for us. It can feel very frustrating and really not self-care at all. It could feel, it could feel more like hate care. (laughs) (laughs) And for anybody listening to this who says, oh my gosh, Mary and Jen have it all together. No, we don't. I was a mess. You were on, you were texting me and helping me be grounded. And I didn't want to deal with any of that. And I was bitter and, and I'm past it now. And that's, it's a beautiful thing to have someone in your court. And that's why our caregiver friends, I think are sometimes our closest ones. Well, exactly. And I, I don't, I think just on a podcast or sometimes when you write things, like if I write a blog post or I write a piece on Facebook, it all sounds like it was so easy and and somebody said that to me on a post I put yesterday. You guys make this look easy. And I suppose we do. I don't know that anybody wants to hear the sad or struggling details, but they're there. They're always there for us. And, and so your day was Thursday and my day was Friday. And I went food shopping, which sometimes I call and I or I do an order online and I get it delivered. And sometimes going out and food shopping is my, my own self-care, because I like to be out. There's a Starbucks there, so I always get a vanilla bean frappuccino. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I go out by myself, and I left Tom home sleeping, and it was kind of a nice day when I got started. And I got, I got in the car, I got to the supermarket, 
just barely opened my door and I got a, a call from the VA that I was expecting, but was hoping it was better than it was. It wasn't the news I expected. I actually felt very defeated. I went in and I didn't even get my vanilla bean frappuccino to walk around the supermarket and buy my stuff. I felt very sorry for myself, which happens to all of us. I think mm-hmm. not just caregivers. I mean, it just happens when things don't go right. And I got the things that I needed when I got my vanilla bean frappuccino on the way out. I go outside the store and it's pouring rain. And you would have thought that the second coming of the hurricane was happening, the way people reacted to the rain. People are running and they're scrambling and cars are cutting people off like, okay, it's just rain. You know, you're going to get wet. That's all that's going to happen, you know? Yeah. So, so that was all crazy. And I just sat in my car in a rainstorm, crying, drinking my vanilla bean frappuccino. <laughs> so there you go. So not every day is a great day. And it, t- it takes a while to get over it and start coming up with some new plans. Um, so we don't always have it all together. We go through a lot or very, very much so our ups and downs. Yep. And I think we, I, for me, at least the peaks and the valleys are a little bit closer to proactive about taking care of myself and Mm -hmm. when I start to feel like I'm I'm sinking I I let somebody know Mm -hmm. and so do you and that and I was texting you when I was yep (laughs) feeling sad I was crying with the rain it's such a great thing to do you've just got to have those people in your corner Mm -hmm. you do it's it's your lifeline so, so that I think that's how we'll, we'll wrap this up today is find your lifelines and find your self-care and don't beat yourself up over it if you, your self-care is just a few minutes for yourself every day. Don't think that that's a bad thing. It's a good thing and it's a good start. Yep. And it will come in time with yep. practice. Yep. Well, thanks for chatting today, Jen. Thank you, Mayor. This has been great. Yeah. And for everyone listening, thanks. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.